Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Mark Joseph Bennett, your host and only guest, really, because if I had someone else on the podcast, I'd have to wait for them to shut their damn mouth so that I could finally speak again. And that's that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about me and my rambling thoughts of nonsense. People interrupting me. That's why just conversations. I'm starting to get sick of conversations. I'm like, you know what? I'd be having a better time if I was home in the Toyota Prius recording studio recording a podcast, not listening to whatever you have to say, buddy. And this is going to be a short podcast, everybody. It's going to be a short podcast, not because I don't have a lot to say, because, you know, I always got a lot to say. I got a lot of nothing to say. But it's going to be short because I can't stand being in this fucking car any longer. I'm in the uh, Toyota Prius, which is where longtime listeners of the podcast, you guys know this is the studio. It's where I get the best acoustics. And by best acoustics, I mean I get time alone without my wife and child. So I record in the car in the garage of my apartment building. Now, here's the thing. I was just in this car for over seven hours, driving my little rug rat and his biological mother from Ottawa. We were visiting my brother and my sister and the plethora of children that they have in Ottawa. We were visiting them for Thanksgiving because it's Canadian Thanksgiving. If you guys don't know what that is, it's uh, it's a tradition in Canada where we kill some turkeys because we took all the Native Americans' land. I think that's I think that's the whole holiday, and uh, it's very similar to American Thanksgiving, except uh, we have less people in Canada. So we were over in Ottawa, and of course when we're driving back. Everybody's driving back. on. We all have no choice. We all have to go back. And Ontario has decided that they're going to do construction on all the lanes of the highway. So we were just sitting in fucking traffic. It's, it's a four-hour drive, which is not the greatest drive when you have a 14-month-old baby in the back seat. But to stretch that to over seven hours, thanks to the fucking traffic, it's just I'm going out of my head. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I am so dizzy with with fatigue and rage. I don't maybe I might not have even pressed record. I might just be screaming in the car into an ice cream cone. I don't I don't really know where I am. But I tell you like it's it just it's more evidence my wife thinks that we should move to Ottawa just then we don't have to go on these long trips. I'm like that's right. We don't ever have to go anywhere again because we live in Ottawa. All our family's here. There's nothing to go out and do anyway. So fuck it. Let's just stay in our homes. Never venture out. I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe she has a point. Like Her job, she works for the federal government. The feral. The, the feral government. My God. My accent's getting worse. I've, I've moved away from Newfoundland for, for what? What am I? I'm 39. I moved away when I was 24. 
You know, that's a certain amount of years. What is that? That's 15 years. I'm away 15 years. And my accent seems to be getting worse, not better. Anyway, she works for the federal government of Canada. And uh, so she could work in Ottawa. In fact, she could work more easily in Ottawa. She'd probably have more opportunities there. So for her, it's a great thing. But me, I'm a comedian, guys. I am sort of a comedian. It's just, I don't know. I've been, I've been thinking about it. You know, I try to inject positivity where I can into this podcast, but this one might not come across as positive. Long-time listeners of the podcast are now saying, uh, you, really? You're trying to inject positivity? I would hate to see it if you were trying to inject negativity because yeah, I, I do a lot of um, ranting in the uh in the not the in not the positive way. I'm just I'm angry about a lot of things. Did you ever see that show Justified with uh Timothy Oliphant? Man, did I like that show for a while. It started to peter off towards the end and that's why it got canceled. But the first few seasons were amazing. And he always he was this Timothy Oliphant was this um Hey, look at this. Here comes a, an impromptu unsolicited television review from Mark Bennett. Who would have thought this was coming? I didn't. I certainly didn't see this happening. But uh, Timothy Oliphant, he plays this. Uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. I think it is. And uh, he's the guy from Deadwood. He's the, He was the cowboy from Deadwood. And so in this in this movie, or this TV show, uh, Justified, he, al- he also wears a cowboy hat. Because they're not stupid. Let's Let's market the fact that this is the guy from Deadwood. But he plays this calm, like, hey, how you doing? He's just he's guy, he's this southern guy, this southern cop who's so so smooth. He's good with the ladies, guys. Oh, the ladies love him. And uh, it's because he's got that tight stomach. You know the type of stomach where you can just you tuck a shirt in for days? I uh, he has that, man. I tell you what, my wife thought I was gay for a while the way I was talking about Timothy Elephant. I was just it it, it was admiration. I just, I like the guy, and, I, and he was in good shape, but the type of shape where you just, everything you wear looks good. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you wear a fitted suit, it looks good. You wear jeans, it looks good. And that's because he didn't have, he doesn't have any fat on his, on his midsection. You get that tight abs, man, and you can, like, you tuck that shirt down. You can tuck it down under your dick, you know? Like, just, wow, straight down. Like, if I tuck a shirt in, and I... I moved my left a centimeter. The whole shirt comes out, you know, and then and then you can see that uh, that blob of fat, just white, soft skin peeking out under what used to be a tucked-in shirt. So he was playing this cool guy, Timothy Oliphant, in in the show. Just uh, you know, any anytime it's like, hey, we got uh, got a serial killer on the loose. He's like, okay, you know, just nice and everything, but. He would always end up shooting somebody or killing somebody or getting into a huge fight, you know, with like 20 people. And he had an ex-wife. Of course he had an ex-wife. You know, she couldn't stay with him. He was too dangerous. And uh, at the end of the first episode, I think, of the, of the show, you know, he was talking about how he's like a, you know, I, 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 try, to be a, I try to be a peaceful man. And she goes, Raylan, because his name was Raylan in the show, Raylan Givens. Raylan, you're the angriest man I know. And I was like, oh, yeah. 
That's the thing, right? Just bubbling under the surface. The rage. Man, Oliphant plays that well. Like, same thing with Deadwood. Like, he looks like he's, hey, guys, I'm a nice, sensible, upstanding citizen. But right underneath, just fucking bloodthirsty. That was a good show, Justified. I had to check it out on Netflix or something. It's probably on Netflix. Anyway, the first few seasons are really good. Anyway, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about before I got on to this unsolicited television show review. Oh, yeah, I was talking about how I am angry. I'm I, a lot of my just there's a lot of anger that comes out of me. Yeah, I'm not an angry person. You know, that's why I was thinking about the justified thing, because perhaps if my wife was here, she'd say, you're the angriest man I know. You know, maybe she'd say that or, you know, it'd probably be a lot less cool. And she'd probably say, yeah, you're a you're a, you're a whiny crybaby. You didn't know that you're the whiniest man I know. You're always bitching about something, you goddamn pussy. That would be that would be. That's my show right there. Less watchable. You know, your main character is less watchable when he's a whiny pussy. But, uh, yeah, this negativity coming. Here it comes. Maybe it's maybe it won't be negative. Let's just see where it goes. Okay, guys? Let's just see where it goes. All right. My wife wants to move back to Ottawa, sort of. She loves Toronto, but we have a little baby and, you know, the baby is, uh, he's got a lot of family around there. Hold on, I got to turn up this fucking air conditioning in this goddamn recording studio. Just a second here. There we go. Oh, that's better. That's better. Maybe I'll be less angry now. And, uh, I don't know. Our family is there. I can still sort of do comedy there. But not, not the way I pictured. You know, I don't, I don't know if that even makes a difference, but... Look, look. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the heart of it. Why am I saying all this? Because my buddy Nathan, he's uh, Nathan McIntosh. You can look him up if you don't know him already. And he's got his own podcast, actually. It's called Positive Anger. I don't know why I'm fucking plugging it. He's probably not off plugging my podcast. I wouldn't know because I don't listen. And that's not a knock against him. I I don't listen to a lot of stuff. Like I said, I talk, I don't listen. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. I don't have a ton of time. And I have heard Nathan's podcast every now and then. He is one of the podcasts I do tune into. I like uh, Bill Burr and Nathan. And because they're also similar podcasts in that they're a bit like this one, where Nathan often doesn't have guests. And sometimes I just want to tune in to hear what one person is thinking about and talking about. I don't always want to hear a fucking interview. So what made you get started in comedy? Oh yeah? No. What was the time you bombed the most? Huh? What's, what was your biggest bomb? Do you remember that? What was your favorite show? Who is your favorite comic to go on the road with? Blah, blah, blah. Sick of that shit. I don't need to hear that fucking shit. Let's just, let's just get to what people are thinking about. What, what's going through your mind on a day-to-day basis? That's what this one's all about. That's what the Bill Burr one's all about. And Nathan's and probably a few others. Anyway, why am I talking about Nathan? I'll tell you why, everybody. He was on uh, the Colbert Report. No, that's not what it's called. What is it? The, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He took over for David Letterman. In case you live under a rock, 
Stephen Colbert is the new David Letterman. He's got that same time slot. So it's a really big show. Now, see, Nathan's already, he already did Conan O'Brien. And that's amazing. That's already amazing. Some kid from, from Nova Scotia, that's where he's from, started comedy a couple years after me. Used to be, you know, uh, at the comedy club I went to, he would, he would be barking outside to try to get people to come in. That's what barking is. You just, you, you hold flyers and you go, hey, there's a comedy show in here. And then people would come in. And then Nathan would do a set. You know, like he was hustled that way. And uh, he moved on to New York. And he stuck it out down there doing the, the, the shit late night sets, you know, working his ass off, doing that podcast, getting people to listen to that. And then he gets the Conan show, you know, and uh, he did really well. And people got. Uh, but but the Conan show, as you guys are painfully aware, Conan no longer is on one of the big networks. He's on uh, the TBS, so that's a cable channel. So not everybody gets that. What I'm saying is the numbers don't compete with your uh, late show and your Tonight Show numbers. There's just less people watching those shows because less people have access to them. So you, if you get a Tonight Show or you get a late show with Stephen Colbert, that's it. Man, that's as big as it fucking gets. Not, nothing bigger than that. Nobody's watching you more, you know, unless you host the goddamn Grammys. So Nathan, he goes on, he kills it, of course. On Colbert, just does a fantastic job. And seeing how me and my wife are kicking around the idea of moving back to Ottawa, like I just, it all hit me like a ton of bricks, you know. Just watching Nathan doing these things, it's like... Like, at least, I, maybe I don't live in New York, but I le- I, at least I live in Toronto. I live in a place with a vibrant comedy scene, with a, with a, a television scene, with, a, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying I can't do it from Ottawa. Maybe I can. Maybe you can do it from Newfoundland, where I'm originally from. Maybe you can do it from Inuvit. Inuvit? Inuvit? The Yukon. Maybe you can do it from the Yukon. But, um... You certain if there is a place in Canada, certainly, certainly Toronto would be the heavy favorite. That would be the bet you'd make. That hey, listen, I'm going to uh, do stand up on a large scale from a city in Canada. You'd be like, it's well, it's got to be Toronto, right? We got uh, we got a bunch of comedy clubs, we got a bunch of TV things, we got a bunch of hoop, you know, fucking. But where do we go from here? I there's a fire in the belly. A fire in the belly, but I don't know the how. All right? Then I, remember, remember, I have a 14-year-old child whom I love. Guy, so much love for the child. And my wife, also some love. Nowhere near the love for the child. No, I'm 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 gonna say it's equal. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's equal. I don't know for sure. I don't know if you can quantify those things. I wonder. I wonder. Maybe you can. Like the drive to keep one of them alive, you know. Like a, a parent would almost always choose their child, I would assume. But is that because they want their child to have a fair shot at life? Or is it because 
it's their genes and they want their genes to pass on? Or is it more tragic if a child, why am I going down this road? Let's just say I love both my, my wife and my child. And I don't want to ever make the old Sophie's choice between my wife and my child. Or myself. Let's throw me into the mix. Huh? Do I save myself or those two? And yeah, probably those two. Probably. I'm pretty selfish, but I'm I'd still think still think I'd say I'd I'd put them on on the lifeboat. I'd be like, "Don't let go, Rose. Don't let go of our child, Rose." And she's like, "My name is Sarah." I'm like, "Now is not the time, Rose." So anyway, I don't know. Fire in the belly. But I don't know how to do what I'd like to do. It's even hard to put my finger on what I'd like to do. But I've been watching some of these, uh, I don't know if you'd call them motivational speakers, leaders. These It's a whole fucking rigmarole these days. It's a, it's a whole genre. It's sort of like a Tony Robbins, but they're pretending they're not Tony Robbins. They're like, um, they, they do, um, uh, like they call it business entrepreneurship leadership or business leadership. And then they write these books, but it's all like rah, rah, pom, pom, waving. You guys can do it. And there's this one guy, I forget his fucking name. Um, he's British and he's always talking about the millennials and how it's not their fault. They didn't have guidance. Um, they, they, they've been in a world of overstimulation. Yeah, they blah, 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 blah. It's, it's not their fault that they don't know how to do anything. It's up to the business leaders to foster an environment where they can gain self-confidence and yada, yada, yada. And he's a big shit right now, this guy, whatever the fuck his name is. I should look it up, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Doesn't matter. Because there's a bunch of this around. Because people love hearing, you know, you can do it all. The possibilities are endless. People love that. They eat it up. Tony Robbins is still selling out stadiums all over the world. I'd love to see how many fucking people have actually had a noticeable change in their lives from Tony Robbins. And I'm not saying for sure they haven't. Maybe they have. Maybe there's like 40% of people who go to Tony Robbins seminars go, yeah, no, my, my life actually improved in a measurable way, and, it, and I sustained that. I, it's just, it seems to me I doubt it. It, it, it. You know? I find that people, sort of like win the lottery, you know, people always, they revert to their same level of happiness no matter how much money they have. So my assumption is, and I'm basing this mostly on myself, I used to listen to the Tony Robbins and a bunch of other motivational things, you know, and you know who else did Jim Carrey? Boy, does he come up a lot on this podcast, Jim Carrey. But he used to, he did some, like he, he wrote himself a check for $20 million. And that, that like, and then he kept it in his wallet all the time and looked at it every day and all these things. And that's one of those techniques, one of those goal-setting, fucking entrepreneurial, leadershipy, bullshitty techniques. And then he did it. And when he, when he got the mask, he got a $20 million check. But look at him now. He's fucking losing his mind. You know, and maybe you're not, Jim. Maybe you're just, we talked about this last podcast, so I won't get back into it. Maybe he's, maybe he's not losing his mind, but, eh, doesn't look good. He's had a series of failed relationships. You know, it's, um, I don't want that either, you know? Like, you don't want to go through your whole life looking, you know, what, feeling like you know what you're doing, and all of a sudden, you're, you're a pariah. 
Look at Bill Cosby. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess he kind of did that to himself. That wasn't really. It's not like it fell apart because he stopped listening to Tony Robbins. He was, he's been raping a long time. And really, he's a motivational speaker for rapists, really. Because the numbers he put up, the consistency. Guys, amazing. But yeah, so this guy, whatever the fuck his name is, who's popular right now, talking about the millennials. Hold on, I'll look it up. Jesus Christ, I feel like an asshole. Okay, Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, I think it is. Anyway, he did some TED Talks. Everybody fucking creamed their pants because it's like, oh, my God, look at what he's saying. All my dreams can come true. All I have to do is, is do what he's saying. But anyway, of course, he started, start with the why. That's what he talked about. Guess who else said that? Tony Robbins. He said, you don't need to know the how. You just need to know the why. And so this Simon Sinek, same fucking thing, obviously. But see, that's the thing. It seems to me that the only people who apply the Tony Robbins type things are Tony Robbins type people. What they end up doing is become professional, motivational speakers. It's like this incestuous thing where they breed each other and then they only become successful at doing that thing. But like, do... Does any accountant listen to what they're saying and become a super accountant? Does any comedian listen to it and become Dave Chappelle? Do, do they? Maybe? I don't know. Anyway, you got to know the why. That's what all Sinek is saying. And, okay, you know, I, I'm not, do I know the why? I guess I do. Like, now it's easy. It's easy. You're like, my little beloved child whom I love as much as I love my wife. So I do it for my family. But see, the thing is, if you're doing something for your family, right? Then you can't become a workaholic who goes on the road 350 days out of the year. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Then you're just pretending you're doing it for your family. But like Walter White... You're really doing it for yourself. Now, I'm speaking quietly because there are people surrounding the Toyota Prius recording studio. They're coming home from a long drive, I'm assuming from Thanksgiving. They're probably all pissed off. And uh, they're looking at me with the stink eye. Okay, they're gone now. We can go back to volume. Back to full volume. (laughs) Luckily for you people out there, I can start screaming again. But yeah, you, you know, so if your family is the why, it can't be just that because I got into it before I met my family, my, before I met and created my family, I was doing this, you know, so I, I think it's important for some reason, you know, I, I feel like I'd like to contribute to the world in this way. I can entertain people. I can, I can make them a bit happier. Maybe. I can point out some things that I think are wrong with society or that maybe we should reevaluate and and become one of the voices of dissent of things that I don't agree with. You know, I just... But like I said, you can't take it too far. If your why is about 
your family, and contributing to society. There's a balance there. Because a lot of comedians, I was talking about this during the seven-hour drive with my wife. You know, she was saying, well, you know, these other comedians, people like Nathan, people like my friend Deborah, Deborah DiGiovanni, she's a comedian that many, many of you know, um, they're single-minded. They, uh, they don't have children, uh, and they have dedicated almost all of their work ethics to, to, work ethic to, to stand-up comedy. Straight-up stand-up. And I'm all over the map. I'm all over the place. I dabbled in acting and, and uh, writing, and I still write. And I, you know, now I'm doing YouTube videos and trying to film things, and I shot my own independent movie for a while. And yeah, I've been doing stand-up the whole time. But I haven't been at it in a way that uh, you could call diligent. So now I'm at a crossroads, like Robert Johnson of blues fame. I'm at the crossroads. Except there's no devil. There's no devil here offering me fame and fortune for my soul. I wouldn't be so lucky. Devil never offers me shit. So I, um, I'm at the crossroads. What do you do? Do you just continue to sort of do comedy? Because I can sort of do comedy in Ottawa. Or do you focus? And see, the reason I'm saying sort of is because there's never been a plan. You know, it's I've had some sort of plans in the past. You're like, oh, I'll do this. The, I'll, I'll uh, work on doing an hour and so I could film it. And that's that's not a bad plan, but. I think it needs to be more specific. I was talking last episode about the Netflix money that's coming into Canada, and maybe some of that will go to stand-up comics. Maybe. They seem to like stand-up comedy. So I really would like a Netflix special. Here's what I'm thinking. So far, here's what I've worked out. If I don't move to Ottawa, I have about 16 good years. That's what what I'm going to say about stand-up. Because I'm 39. If I go to I'm 55, I think that's pretty good. Really, how many times do you, do you go? Do, do people get excited about a sixty-year-old comedy special? You know, a guy who's sixty or sixty-five. You know, it doesn't. You have a Carlin every now and again, but most times, you know, after about the age of fifty-five, it's kind of like, ah, he's an old guy, and it's not. It's not the same, and and nor should it be. You know, you're you're at a different stage in life, but I think that period of time in your forties. And your early 50s. This is co- this is the comedy time. That's why Louis C.K. and Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle and all these guys, they're all in their heyday because they're at the right age. That's what I think. So this is my time. Now, am I going to do like I've always done, which is just do enough stand-up so that it's my job? Or do I do it in a way where I actually... I'm actually content with what I've done. Because the thing is, I don't think I need to be um, as big as the biggest, like selling out stadiums across the world. I just think I'd like to be doing... Here's Okay, here's what I'd like. I'd like to do theaters once a week. I'd like to do 
So I, I, I would do like a seven-month run of theaters once a week, okay? And then the remaining five months, I stay in my, my wonderful city of Toronto, and I work out material in the clubs, gigging around, doing whatever, and also writing my movies, you know, and taking care of my child, whom I love as much as my wife. Now, how are you going to do that? How are you going to sell out theaters when you're, like, to, to become a name in Canada? Woof. And, and the, theaters, the theaters don't have to be in Canada. They can be in Sweden. I don't give a flying fuck, you know? I, just, I would just like to fly in and fly out. You know, so I'm only taking a couple of days out of my week. You know, I like, look, I just don't want to be a road comic. And I'll tell you why. Being a road comic is just, there's not, there's not a lot of glory in that. You just, you're schlepping around to one comedy club after another. You're on the road for 50 weeks out of the year. You don't see your kid. You don't see your wife. You'll end up getting divorced. 100% you'll get divorced. You won't have medical or dental or retirement. And like I said, you'll have to give it up when you're getting a bit older. So then what do you got? So it's not a good plan. So moving to Ottawa and, you know, doing comedy in a lesser way and having a nice family life, you know, maybe get another job on the side. That is preferable to the 50 weeks out of the year, living out of your car, broken family, uh, no retirement in sight, maybe do cruise ships if you're lucky. Like, that's, you know, I'd prefer the Ottawa plan to that. But that is not what I'm gunning for. So how do you do it? How do you sell out theaters? How do you go from someone that people don't really know who does a good job? Guys, I do a good job almost most of the time. I do. I do a pretty good job. So how do you go from that guy to somebody that people, they, they say, oh, he's coming to town. Let's all go. Let's buy 900 tickets. And we'll go out and we will watch Mark Bennett. And when he comes to town next year, we'll, we'll do the same thing. TV is one of the ways to do it. That's what got me started thinking about all this stuff. Just Nathan being on Colbert, you know. Am I going to get on Colbert? Probably not. The, the, the Colbert people aren't hanging out at the comedy clubs I go to in Toronto. But there are some festivals and shit like that that do go. So that is another way. It's another thing I need to focus on. Now, you guys have heard me bitching and moaning about the festivals around here. And I stand by what I said. However, however, they are a definite way to be noticed. And just because, and that, I, think, I think that's what it is. I've been upset about the idea of doing these types of festivals because they're not really, they're not kind to the Canadian performers. They don't do a whole lot for you. Um, But that's the thing. I've been looking at it, I think I've been looking at it wrong. It's a way for you to get your, to do seven minutes and get a lot of people to figure out who you are. Some of them will be just straight up audience members. Some of your stuff will be put on TV, and maybe other festivals will see you 
and other comedy promoters and things like that. So that's another thing to do. But here, let me just go back to Simon Sinek and say, start with the why. They say, these motivational guru types, that you don't have to know the how. Just the why. And uh, that's good. It's good that they say that because I don't have a fucking clue how I'm going to do what I'd like to do. But I think I'm working out the why. I'm working, I'm, I'm working some of it out here. Yelling at you, beautiful people. Now you see that? This, this didn't go too negative. It didn't go too negative. In fact, I feel pretty positive about this whole thing. You know, I, it's kind of, to me, I feel like I got a good problem to solve. You know, I've got a nice family life, and I have a career I'm passionate about. And I just want both of them to go well. You know, because let me tell you something. Having, uh, having this kid has been, it's been good. It's been good for me in so many ways. Uh, hasn't been good for me going to the gym. <laughs> I, I am one fat bastard. This weekend didn't help. Eating fucking gravy and drinking beer with my brother. Let me tell you, if we move back to Ottawa, I will likely become an alcoholic. Because I just like, you know... I like when I like hanging out with my brother and my brother-in-law and we start drinking beers and then I don't want to stop drinking beers. So I might, I might be a fat, happy alcoholic if I move to Toronto or to Ottawa. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, the thing about it, it, it is nice. It's nice to be around family and you, you should have seen this little, this little bugger, our baby Sam. What a fucking kid this guy is. Just, the ride home was seven hours. I don't know if I've told you about the ride home, but it was seven fucking hours. And this baby, he doesn't sleep. He will not sleep unless you put him in his crib with a sound machine on and blackout curtains. It's got to be pitch black. It's got to be the right time of day. And it's got to be, he's got to have a white noise machine. And that's the only way he'll sleep. He won't sleep in a stroller, he won't sleep in the car, he'll, he just, so his eyes were wide open for over seven hours in the back seat, but no crying, he shit twice, and he just let us know, and then he like, looks at his mom, he's like, uh, hey, took a shit, so we had to pull off to a rest station, change his diaper, no complaining, just sitting there, Taking dumps, smiling, laughing, fucking, I tell you. So that's, so that's why. That's one of the whys. And it's also one of the whys why I'm not going to be on the road all the fucking time. I'm going to make this goddamn thing work for my son. No, but yeah, but for, yeah, sort of, for him. He's just such a good baby. Jesus Christ. He's, we're a little worried that he's, He's an anxious person, like his father. He's probably got too many ideas and thoughts swirling around in his head. It's like, yeah, I should be a musician. Nah, I should be a comedian. Oh, you know what I'll do is I'll make videos. I'll become a movie producer. I'm the next Stanley Kubrick. Like his fucked up father. But the thing is, I don't, and I said, like, I said this to my wife, I don't want to be overdramatic about it. 
Well, one of the reasons I want to get the career in comedy that I'm picturing is that I just want I want him to see that you can go out and do stuff through hard work, even if you got some fucking mental trip-ups like I have that you where, where you get in your own head and you get distracted or you get a little too anxious or you lose your confidence. But you know what? You're fucking bull ahead, buddy. You keep it going. And even at the age of 39, you didn't quit. You kept it going. And look at you now at 44 with two Netflix specials and worldwide fame. And the fame is not important. Okay? And it really isn't. I'm not... I mean, the problem is, is that you do need people to know who you are. But what I want to do is be really good at my job. I want to be happy with myself. And I want the baby to be happy with me. Right now, it's very easy to make him happy. You just blow on his toes. And he's he just laughs and laughs. Good baby. Walks around now like crazy. Of course, we're terrified that he's going to vault himself over the stairs when we were at my brother's. But he was great. And all the kids, they all want to hug him. And he always pushes them away. He's like, yeah, he needs a space. He's an independent spirit. We want to keep that shit up. I got to take him to the doctor tomorrow. Give him vaccines for hep A and hep B. Hep B, sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah, let's just, let's give him hep. But the fucking, it comes with the hep A. And if we go to this goddamn Argentina, 15-hour flight. But I got to tell you, after the seven hours in the car, who knows? Maybe he can do it. You know? Maybe this fucking kid can do a 15-hour flight. Probably not. I know I can't do it. I'll be complaining the whole goddamn time. But yeah, I got to take him in and get some shots. I hate, hate how every time I take him to the fucking doctor, he's got to get more needles. Poor little bastard. But at least he has a father who's putting in an effort to do what he's passionate about. At least the kid has that. And that's all I'm going to do for this podcast, guys. A little bit short. Not too bad. We're almost at 40 minutes. But I want to go upstairs and eat something. Because I haven't eaten in a long time. What a fucking trip that was. I will say this. If we did move to Ottawa, oh, I wouldn't miss this drive. Wouldn't miss this fucking drive. But you know what I would miss, guys? The career I'm passionate about. And I'd miss out on teaching my son that you can have what you want in life as long as you just work for it. You put your nose to the grindstone. That is one of the things, though, that I have learned about reading baby books. Not Tony Robbins, but baby books, where they say, don't tell your kid you're special and you can have anything you want just because you want it. You don't say that. So that's one thing. We're never telling Sammy special. Never. You're not special at all, kid. No, but see, what you want to do is you want to empower them. So you say, isn't it great? how you accomplished that goal because you worked hard to get it? Isn't it great how you can focus and get a task accomplished because you set your mind to it? So proud of you. Shit like that. I should have heard more shit like that. I got too much of you're special and you're wonderful. And those two things are true. But the problem is, is I expected things to just sort of fall into place. 
And uh, like, that's not how I, I just, it's not how I did life. I was like, hey, things will just fall into place. I expect them to. It, but it, clearly the way I've lived my life, that must have been what I expected. I no longer expect things to fall into place. I expect that if you work hard, you can get it done. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's what my son is going to see. And that's what my wife is going to see before she leaves me and moves back to Ottawa. So that's it for the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. I'm going to go see uh, Nathan tomorrow. He's in Toronto doing a special show because he's a big deal these days and good for him. Good for fucking him. And I, and one day I'm going to tell him that, you know, I was inspired a little bit by what, what, what he did. I'm not going to tell him tomorrow. That's kind of weird, right? Hey, man, he's a good buddy of mine. And you're like, hey, let's, uh, let's have some beers. Hey, man, you really inspire me, you know? It's fucking, that's weird, right? So I'm not going to say that to him. And uh, maybe, maybe he'll hear it if he listens to the podcast, but I doubt it. This is Mark Bennett. I said shut up and good night.